0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
1: Hello, folks. Welcome to the American Seasons Podcast, which is half being recorded live from the midst of the polar vortex. I'm Gray. I'm joined by Josh, who is outside of the polar vortex in the real world, where temperatures are not deathly cold
0: must be nice. They're they're not even close to deathly cold. I believe it's like high 60s today here in California. I don't know. It's still kind of crappy.
1: For for anyone listening who's not um, doesn't really pay attention to this sort of thing or just hasn't noticed or is in the UK where you might not have heard about this thing, um, essentially what's happening where I am in the great state of Michigan uh, as well as many of the states around it is that a, a, a system has dragged in a bunch of Arctic air and combined with wind chills, the temperature outside is roughly hovering somewhere between minus 35 and minus 45 degrees Fahrenheit with wind chill. So, I'm inside, I have heat, and I'm recording a podcast instead, and believe it or not, I think recording a man city podcast about an objectively garbage performance is still preferable to going outside today
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean like i i told you this so i'll, I'll tell the people over there it, it's it it's basically arctic temperatures that he's dealing with yes. like picture alaska or antarctica and uh that's about the gist of what poor Gray is is suffering through right now because as you said, uh Fahrenheit, I'm like, well, there's gonna be a bunch of people who can't do that math. And 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 you know what I can't do the math going the other way, so it's not like I'm in any better of a position. So a, a quick uh, a quick
1: Google search. Apparently it gets pretty close to even once you once you go. Once oh, it's apparently you go to the uh into that 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 level of low temperature it's it, it's roughly equal between around about 40 below in celsius if this is correct i don't see why it wouldn't be so apparently fahrenheit and celsius get a bit closer together the further down you go i guess that's nice but point is it's deathly cold out i'm refuse to deal with it so i'm going to attempt to deal with this nonsense instead <laughs> so, let's let's start with the nonsense. Um, we're coming off a 2-1 loss that if we're uh, at Newcastle, ending, I believe it was a 22-game unbeaten streak for City against Newcastle, that, barring, I would say, and you're, you're free to disagree with me on this, but I don't think you're going to, having talked to you briefly, um... Barring an enormous Liverpool choke job, and I am comfortable going to the word choke job at this point, they will win the title. Um, I'm not watching this Leicester City nonsense that they're facing, but I know that Sadio Mane has already scored in the third minute, and they are all almost certainly on their way to seven points clear again. And this time, City do not have any further head-to-head opportunities to start to pull that back, so they are fully reliant on... A lot of drop points that they have no control over. So, I, I, I think that we can safely say that barring a choke job, which has happened before, but unlikely, barring a choke job,
0: it's. Pro- Brendan Rodgers isn't at that helm.
1: It's probably close to over, um, which is a shame to say at the end of January, but can't deny reality. Um, one thing that struck me watching watching this was not on TV here, so we were both fighting various in- institutional and structural issues just to see any part of this. <laughs> um, so, but but of the parts that I saw, which was a good portion of it, one of the things that really struck me, I mean, beyond how awful. And flat, and the performance was after Newcastle scored the penalty. City just it, they didn't look like they had any idea of how to get back into the game and how to pull it, even how to even pull it level, much less win it. But Guardiola, even when they were ahead and they scored within, I believe it was 23 seconds, Aguero did. And at that point, you're thinking, Well, all right, here we go. Hard to imagine them being held scoreless for another 89 minutes plus stoppage time. So you think they've got at least two, and it's hard to see Newcastle scoring at least two. Eh, they're probably in good shape. And then the reality of the performance set in, they didn't look like they had a clear cutting edge. They really only had one really good chance, and it was the one Aguero converted. And what struck me
0: beyond that was watching, Which literally came one minute into the Correct. game. Um, and so there was, there were, just to be clear here, there were 89 minutes of nothing.
1: Essentially. Yes. And what struck me was even when they were ahead, even in the first half, when they had a one nil lead and they were well on top in the first half, to be fair, they were, they should have scored a second. They had enough possession. They had enough, they were in the position to score a second, but they didn't. And, well, first, first of all, if, you, if you're on top like that and you don't take advantage of it and you don't pile on, you leave the door open to get essentially what you deserve. And second of all, I was so struck by Pep Guardiola's body language during this game and that even when they were ahead, he just looked like he knew it was off. And moreover, he knew it was off, and he didn't really feel that there was anything he could do to change it. And frankly, it, it did, in fact, play itself out exactly that way. But he was just so muted, and so like I, I don't—he was—he was almost as muted as the performance.
0: I don't know. If at he, one point, at one point, he was screaming at the back line to quite literally wake up. Yeah, it, it was just
1: like. It felt like everyone just had just woken up from a nap, and went to play a game, and 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 and, and Guardiola. It seemed like he just had this inkling that this is garbage, and we're going to pay for this being garbage at some point. I don't know when.
0: It's just one it's of nice. those days when you when you have to pull Stafford. Yeah. He's thrown four interceptions. Yeah. He just uh, needs to be pulled. You know you, the game. You have every.
1: You have. Days like this, they happen in, 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 in sports. Every, even the best teams are going to have days where they're just not at it. But the difference between teams that win titles and teams that don't win titles is that the teams that win titles on those days can dig deep and find something. Find something to drag three points out of the fire on a crappy performance. And how City did it last year? A lot. A lot more than I think we remember them doing it. Because because they won so many games. But there were plenty of games. There was that stretch in December where it was just constantly 1-1, one, 1-1, one, 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 and they were pulling out late goal after late goal because they weren't quite as sharp as they usually were. But they had a knack for finding them the right finding the goal in the moment that they needed to find the goal and taking the points. And getting out of there with a mediocre performance, but with maximum points. And in the end, that is all that matters. And, you know, then there are teams like the one that showed up yesterday that, you know, for, for an hour, it looked like they might get away with it. It wasn't really like Newcastle were just buffeting them with chances. The first goal was, I believe, their first shot on target. But... They had two
0: shots on target. I'll let you guess how many goals they had. If
1: you leave the door open – if you play poorly and you leave the door open, you run the risk of having what happened to them
0: happen to them. So, you know, I – I want to ask a question because I just brought it up. We talked about it last week. Okay. Well, not last week. Last time. Whenever the heck we talked. Yeah, whenever the hell we did this last you mentioned – you you literally bought, brought up on the last podcast that it felt like City were shipping goals at every opportunity they had. Um, One shot, one goal. Like, almost, almost like the opposing team are snipers. You know, one shot, one kill, one shot, one goal. Like, that's where City were at when we were having a conversation. Two shots, two goals. It doesn't seem to matter whether it's Manuel Pellegrini – Pep Guardiola, Vincent Company and I—I uh, I, I don't even know who else. Uh, let's go with Flipping Mangala, <laughs> or Laporte and John Stones, uh, or Laporte and Otamendi. It—it it just doesn't matter. This—this this seems to happen. Why the shit does this keep happening? Why? I think it
1: goes beyond, and we did—I discussed this at some point. In which statistics show this season that Fernandinho has had a whole heck of a lot more to do defensively than he did last season. Which is an indication, you know, more tackles, more defensive actions, I believe is the the terminology. Just in general, he's been called upon more to break up attacks. And that's an indication that more attacks are getting to him than used to. Which is an indication to me that the press isn't doing its job. Um, obviously, it can't be that simple, and, that, and that's that's it's way too you know it's 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 probably an oversimplification. But City just they don't seem to be quite as dominant on the ball this time this this year, and the penalty actually came out of a Fernandinho mistake in which his, his touch let him down and he got caught on the ball in the penalty area and it got taken off of him and he fouled the guy in the box. It was no doubt a penalty and it was no doubt, you know, his his mistake. So there, that one's just kind of a dumb moment where you're trying to play out from the back. We and it's Kind a mistake. of like
0: Kevin De Bruyne is in the game too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because let's be clear, that what the official was in the right. The official literally mm-hmm. told him to wait, and Kevin De Bruyne didn't do it. But and they had
1: to take him off because he almost got a second yellow. And yep. that, that stuff like that is stupid, and it deprived them of their best player at a very important part of the game and a very important part of the season. But beyond that, um, yeah, it's just it's it, it's an individual mistake that can be avoided that they weren't making last year and a lot of players frankly have gone down a level and i was talking about this on twitter with some other people kyle walker not as good this year um i don't know if there's a world cup hangover for some of these guys that has happened before it's a plausible explanation for some of it but you look at a guy like kyle walker and he is not consistently been as sharp this season You look at Fabian Delph, and it's great that City discovered Fabian Delph as a makeshift left back last season. But the operative word is makeshift. And it was probably a mistake to go out there and say, hey, this guy's actually left back now. I'm not sure. I think that may have been a bit over-optimistic. Um... Then you have De Bruyne injured for so long and taking even longer to get back to something close to full fitness, which is only just now starting to happen and it's the end of January. Um, I don't think that really hurt them until December, but once it started to hurt them, it really hurt them. Um, David Silva got off to such a great start to the season, but he has drifted in and out a bit more frequently lately. Um, and, and that's That's just a brief list of... You know, Gabriel Jesus has gone through very long spells in which he just has not been able to score consistently. And that's just a a brief list, but it's a pretty... When you're dealing with a squad of about 20 or whatever it is, 20, 21 people, I I rattled off about a quarter of the squad there that has had various issues for various reasons this season that have prevented them from playing at the level that they played at last season. And, look, I don't think you should ever, if you if you get 100 points in a season, you should celebrate the hell out of that. But you should turn around and tell yourself, it's going to be really hard to repeat that level. Even if you bring back the exact same team, at the exact same system, at the exact same everything certain circumstances around the team are going to change. And certain players, for various reasons, are going to struggle to replicate that level. Sometimes it's not their fault. Sometimes it's maybe something that they could... Sometimes it may be a mental factor. They let a bit of complacency seep in. I don't know. I don't have the mind of a pro athlete, but it wouldn't shock me if that happened on some accounts. But the fact is... And we have had to beat this drum constantly and constantly. But every time City have won the title, they have effed up the transfer market in the summer afterwards. And they have failed to strengthen further from a place of strength. And that really, really bugs me. Because they went out and they made one signing. And that signing has largely been a non-factor, if we're being honest. Just not – look, Riyad Mahrez may still come good at Manchester City. I'm not going to sit here and and say after four months or whatever it is that it's never, ever, ever going to happen for him. I don't know, but right now that's not really relevant for me. What's relevant for me is that City spent 60 million pounds on a player who is not part of their first 11, has not really made a compelling case to be in their first 11, and who's has not... He just hasn't contributed in any meaningful way. You are playing essentially with the same team you played as last season, with him on the fringes. And that that's, that makes it that, that makes things difficult. Because I do think that you need that infusion of fresh talent. Even the best teams. The best teams are never sitting still. What did Bayern Munich do after you know winning that Champions League and that treble? They went out and poached Robert Lewandowski from their closest rival. Because that's what cutthroat teams do. That's what you do when you want to be the best team in your country and you want to be the best team in Europe, which we have been told time and time and time and time again over the last five years that City want to be. Constantly. All we hear about is ambition, ambition, ambition. And you win the title with one of the greatest seasons in history. And you spend £60 million on Riyad Mahrez and you do nothing else.
0: This is the most passionate I've heard you in a long time. I got to say, man.
1: I'm tired of this nonsense about our ambition. And then you go out and you sign a second tier squad player from Leicester while saying that your goal is to win the Champions League. Does does it smack your nonsense?
0: Okay. Does it smack of NFL clubs or or colleges like USC put out a letter the other day talking about their commitment to winning championships and fixing mistakes? And I'm like, well, the mistake was keeping Clay Helton, um, <laughs> but but now that the Kingsbury thing has already happened, uh, you, you, you know, it gets it gets past a certain point to where these teams start to turn. I don't know if I can come up with a better word than than. It's just mantras. It's like, it's almost like they turn, you know, uh, rain down, you know, with with the 19 in it or something. And it's like, how how far away are we from this club putting out hashtags like, you know, Champions League, and it'll have like a two and a zero somewhere in there. I I don't don't know how they'd pull it off, but you know what I'm talking about.
1: I want to be clear that I don't... I, I don't necessarily doubt City's ambition. I genuinely... I, I, be, I would be... Do you think there's to sit to go. here ...and suggest that a team that has spent so much money on so much talent is not, you know, serious about winning. But what I will say is that I don't... Strategically, I think they vastly overestimate what they have had and what they need to do to win a chance. How many years... After Abramovich's investment, how much money had to be spent? How many coaches had to go through? How many players had to go through before Chelsea won their Champions League? And they won it, frankly, with one of their worst teams of the Abramovich era. Just further driving home the point that it is, in some aspects, a crapshoot. But you know, Chelsea had to had to go through a heck of a lot of turnover. And pain and agony to win the Champions League. Arsenal, for all the success they had um, under Wenger before it got stale, never won the Champions League. They came within about 15 minutes of doing it once, but they never won it. Um, Manchester United, for all the titles that they won in England during Ferguson's reign, won it twice, nine years apart. They had other finals, but they lost them, you know. So in his entire, however many, you know, 25 years or so career at Manchester United, his seasons with some of the finest teams that England has seen ended with Champions League titles twice. And that was after a heck of a lot of work was put in to get there. So I think, I think that the city, if they're, you know... They, they talk about ambition, and I also think, and I've said this on this podcast before, that City are obsessively oversensitive with how they're perceived in the transfer market. It's one thing if you don't want to be taken for a ride by every agent and every club that knows you can spend a fortune on players. Um, and, 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 and you don't want to be, you know... Well, we know you can afford this, so pay up. city want value for money in the market, which is great. You know, everybody wants value in the market, but it's getting harder and harder to find what you would consider value in the market. Things have yeah. changed. Things have changed. You're not getting a player like David Silva for 25 million pounds anymore. You're probably not getting him for twice that. It's a different world now. You're not getting a Sergio Aguero for $38, 39 million whatever it ended up being. You know, you're not. You might not be getting one for twice that. It's a different world now. Not all of it is that. Not all of it is even down to City. There's just more money in English football now than there was five, six, seven years ago. The market has changed. The Neymar deal, even if it turns out to be a one-off has significantly impacted the transfer market. I would say PSG have done more to distort the transfer market than Man City ever have, but Man City are still going to have to pay the price for that because they're operating in the same market. And if you're going to sit there and quibble over 3 million pounds or whatever you want to call it for certain players, then you're asking to get screwed in the end. Yeah. You're asking for it. And... And and we've seen you know City have this very I'm I, I I would almost call it high and mighty transfer approach where it's like look here's what we'll pay you we've agreed on this great now you want to play for Guardiola right so sign There's a lot of it's it's a it's definitely a huge motivator but there's a lot of other motivators for players there are financial motivators there are location motivators there are players who you know I wanna play in London. There's a player like Jorginho who Oh, sorry, I can we can get sorry. I can play for I can play for my favorite coach at Nap Napoli. Well, if I sign for Chelsea, you know what? I think I'm gonna do that. Obviously, there's a lot that goes into a transfer. It's not down to just one or two things. But City operate almost passively. They're aggressive in sorting things out early with targets they want. They put the, they've put put in the work. And by the
0: way, I, I And then they put paper. them in the paper, too.
1: Mm-hmm. And I want to make clear that some so there are moments where, you know, I'm not suggesting that City should go back and they should have gone and matched what Manchester United paid Alexis Sanchez. I'm not going back and suggesting that they should have paid... Frankie DeYoung from Ajax more than they're paying Kevin De Bruyne to entice him to the club. I totally get their concerns about not wanting to destabilize the wage budget and the wage structure. And I actually think that's a really fair concern. And I'm not going to criticize them for that. I'll criticize them for a lot right now, but I'm not going to criticize that. Um, But, but, that's not why they've lost every player they've lost. Um, and it's it's just it, it's frustrating to watch them only with with such a reactive transfer policy sometimes, and that they only seem to wake up and really aggressively recruit players to the club once they've played a year and they've lost the title or they haven't had a good season or they've watched their rivals bring home championships while they have failed to do so, or while they finish second or third. That seems to get them aggressive. Not winning. And it should be both. City should never be at rest in the transfer market. You're trying to become one of global football's foremost powers, if not the foremost power, if you can help it. And that's why you look at teams who have done that and how aggressive they are in the market and how, you know, do you you really think in any context, Real Madrid would sign Riyad Mahrez and call it a window? No, they would never do that. And I know that Real Madrid have a whole lot of issues, especially at the league level right now. Um but they've won three they won all those champions league titles for a reason it's not a coincidence <clears throat> i i just i really wish they would learn this lesson at some point because it's happened three times now and that's frankly three times too many
0: yeah i wonder i wonder what the capacity for learning is here versus the different voices that come in with the regime changes and, and, and front office at, at city has been different during, I mean, I know you've still got Biggera and Soriano, but <clears throat> largely <clears throat> I think their job was to get Pep here. And then Pep and his team do the scouting, do the prioritizing, so on and so forth. You don't necessarily see uh, cheeky and, and Farron <clears throat> out there. Um, I mean, they'll still make statements and things like all, all the stuff that you would expect them to do. They're kind um, of doing the
1: grunt work on behalf of what the structure demands and what Guardiola demands
0: of the structure. Yeah. 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 And and I'm curious how much of that versus, you know th- these. I, I I just wonder what the push and pull is there, because because it, it feels like those two things inevitably will work against each other. At enough. Th- there's going to be enough intersectionality there at, at at the various different points when when those those notions, those ideas, because you know Pellegrini changed some things towards the end. Uh, Pep Guardiola obviously with Dominic Torrent and and and. uh Nicola Arteta and, and different things like that. I mean, City have had um, you know people come in and go as well. So I, I, I just it makes me wonder. It, it's because it, I I do believe it's like you said. It's not like Manchester United went out there during Fergie's 26 year career and decided, oh, you know, in '99 and in 2008, that's when we're gonna decide to win the 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 uh champions league we we just decided to do it then that's that's no that's not how it works like fergie wanted to win it every year he was there and towards the end he had a ton of near misses yeah and towards the end of his career he largely expected to get there that was the most
1: consistent year toward the end of his career that that period from about oh nine oh eight to uh about 2011 when I believe they played in three finals and only won one of them because they ran up against Guardiola's Barça twice. but yeah, I mean, I don't necessarily I don't have a problem with with giving Guardiola a huge sand transfers i have i frankly I think that's the only way to do it because he's such a he has such a finding the happy medium between sort of that wide view of the transfer market and what the coach wants is just sort of the sweet spot that every football team struggles to find. I mean, you look at United, who have given their coaches a whole heck of a lot of transfer power, and that leads to signing a bunch of guys, and then their coach lasts three years, and the next guy wants to get rid of half the guys that the last guy signed while signing about 10 new guys of his own, and that process goes on and on and on. There needs to be some stability and consistency at a higher level than the coach, I think, at every football club, or else you're going to run into situations like that where you just waste a lot of players and a lot of money. Um and and to be fair to City they have had that ethos even before Guardiola arrived that that sort of thinking that sort of the type of player that they want for the type of football they want their coaches to play um but 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 like I said there's there's this heavy medium between making sure that the coach can can get what he wants and can offer up who he wants and also the situation where the, the 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 front office is the term that we'll use the the, the the club hierarchy who can take a wider view of things sort of like the GM in, in American terminology can take a wider view of things and say look the coach's job is to win now we've made that clear we know that um but we have to take a longer view over the future of the club like. This coach is not going to be here. Grorio is not going to be here forever. He's probably not even going to be here for five more years, honestly. He might. It's more plausible than it used to be, but that that would that would be longer than he's spent in any other club. Um, but
0: either way, I one, expect him. I expect him to try and do. To he he's going to want to try and get that Spain job. Yeah, I I, ex- I He's he's Maybe.
1: not he's not going to be here forever and it's the job of cheeky and soriano and everybody at that level to make sure that the structure for whoever follows him is sturdy that they're not going to have to offload half the team to satisfy whoever the next coach is and that they will not have to spend a ton of a ton, you know i you want to be spending money to revitalize certain spots and keep pushing forward not to not because, well, we've screwed this up so much that we need to buy, you know. You you want to be spending money from a place of strength, not from a place of, if we don't spend money here, then we're screwed. Um, so I guess I, I... I'm not really sure where my point comes back to at this point. I'm just sort of... This, this started with a rant, and now it's just sort of diagnosing um, how, how, the, how the club means to behave in the transfer market. But the, the failure to sign that midfielder looms larger and larger and larger every single day as Fernandinho. Who knows what, what, what state he's going to be in by March or April or what right. have you. And their failure to do that is, frankly, unacceptable is what it comes back to for me and that's the sort of thing I'm talking about like you missed out on every one of your targets and in in certain cases it was just because you just you weren't aggressive enough you were just too passive and someone more aggressive than you came in and took what you thought was yours yep to me that's what it comes down to
0: well, let's have that s- small little spirited debate that we were going to. Yeah, um, we
1: were we started, and I...
0: I, I see. I don't. What I said yesterday on Twitter is for for those of you guys who need to get caught up is is Gray said something after the game, and I I had tweeted with comment. Uh, I was like, well, at least we don't have to worry about that Liverpool loss now. Uh, the, and the, then the Riyad
1: penalty miss that. Could have gotten them a one-nil win at Anfield, but instead meant that they got the nil-nil draw.
0: It got Liverpool yeah. lost. The, the yeah, the, the, the draw. It excuse was me. it was a draw that could have been a win. Yeah, I, I, it's, well, like, like, it is like and almost like because you know two days earlier, the reason I brought that up, like two days earlier, I was staring at the table, just looking at it, going, "This could be one right now," like this could be one. If Riyad Mahrez had just done his job, or if Aguero had taken that penalty, um, and and I, it was like the first time in a really long time that I would ever thought that to myself, where I'm like, you know, these things. I mean, because don't get me wrong, dude. Like sports generally, do, like they'll they'll bug the crap out of you. Wow. Okay. Um, <clears throat> did not see that coming. Uh, sorry, we are watching the Bournemouth Chelsea game uh, as as we record this. Um, but uh, I I I try to give myself a period, a window of about three to three days, like at the very most, for like the really really heartbreaking and frustrating lot, like the. I'm a Saints fan, and if anybody of you follow the NFL, like I don't need to explain any further. Um, like that, I had to take two or three days to like, okay, I, I just need to take some time before I discuss this with anyone because right now I'm gonna be way too emotional, and and I just for for my mental health, it's it's Mental Health Month. I don't have the greatest track record of mental health. Um, I've, I've been getting a much better handle on it as I've gotten into my late 30s um, still got a ways to go, really really do, um, but you know, for my mental health, I have to process these games in such a way that I give myself time to think about it and deal with sort of the natural depression and frustration of being a sports fan following a loss. And I think that stuff is good, man. It, it does. It teaches us, like, if you can deal with a sports loss, you're going to be able to handle maybe losing a job one day. You know, th- these are things that teach us to be gracious in defeat. And I've always had a problem with that, man. I am, I, I do not take losing well. I, I'm just I, I i'm competitive to a fault I really am um and and I had not really felt that way about Mars's penalty until the other day and then following the loss yesterday I was like I feel a lot better about that penalty miss now. Like, I don't care. City aren't going to do this. Like, it's 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 not going to happen. Like, I'm not going to fool myself into thinking. Like, I was already fooling myself into thinking when they closed it to four that it was going to happen. Like, it's not going to happen. And, I mean, you know, be okay with that. You know, Liverpool are likely going to win the league this year, guys. Like, it sucks. It's the one thing that, like, Chelsea... Manchester United and Manchester City fans can all come together on is that Liverpool sucks and we want to wish them no success. But look, man, this is... I, I, as the saying goes, this is their year. Yeah,
1: I, I think it, it didn't really bother because a draw at Anfield was perceived as a good result in itself and maybe it still was. You know, how many teams have taken points off Liverpool and Anfield this year? But there, it, it's this balance between, like, well, you know, that could have been worse. They could have lost. They've lost plenty at that ground. And the reality that they could have won. And and roughly what, what you said was that, was that you, you know, well, at least that, that missed penalty at Anfield doesn't really matter anymore. Because, you know, it's not likely to be the, points-wise, it's not likely to be the difference between winning and losing the title, you know it's 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 likely at this point i would say that liverpool are probably going to win the title by several points unless you know some things happen but it's possible but right now they're they're going to be 7 points ahead and they're on pace to to be 7 points ahead and it's hard to imagine it's it could narrow, but it's hard to imagine it narrowing much, you know, because they start dropping a lot of points. Maybe they will, but they they haven't. So, you know, and 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 my response to you was roughly, well, and see, this is this is a window into the way I think of things. It's 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 kind of a a weird thought process, but I I I sit there thinking, I think when this is all said and done, I at least am still going to look at that as a big 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 moment in the season because I don't think you can ever assume that that, that that everything that happens after that moment will happen exactly the same way if you change that moment. Like what what happens to Liverpool if they lose that game? What happens to them mentally? Do they turn around and rattle off however many straight wins? Do cities lift themselves to to higher levels? Do they do they avoid? You know, what ha- we'll never know the answer to these questions, and we'll never know if the answer would have even mattered. But I'm 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 a what y person, um, by nature. I, I'm 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 like that, and 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 I see something like that, and I think, gee, you know, you take three points there, you deprive Liverpool of any points whatsoever. What happens from there? What does that do to City, and what does that do to Liverpool? Are we sitting here, e- assuming that, uh, you know, are we sitting here? Is everything else the exact same? I would bet not. And maybe that's just me thinking, you know, making... I don't know if that's me making excuses. I don't know if that's me, um, you know, trying to make myself feel better. I'm not sure. But... That was roughly the point that I was making was that, you know, had that gone differently, I think other things could have gone differently from that point.
0: Okay, and that's fair, but here's what we we talked about in this podcast, and I'm going to bring up two points. One, we talked about the lack of additions to this team. So they still have to play the remainder of this season with this same club. And the second thing that we talked about was the defensive minutes that Fernandinho was seeing and his fitness levels as a result.
1: Which has essentially really started to be an issue uh, late November,
0: December is when it started to pick up. So, even if City win that game, how does that fix these issues that are presently causing the problems they're having?
1: Does it fix the underlying issues? No, it doesn't but 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 here is what what i would say to that if you look at at manchester city despite all this that we're complaining about that we're sitting here and we're not wrong to complain about it i, I don't want to like make it sound like we're oh, inventing things to complain about here obviously we're not but let's tack on i'm literally going to go against everything i just said and let's tack on two points and assume that literally everything else goes the exact same way you okay pass, You've, you've got City on 58 points right now. And I th- I think because Liverpool have been so good, we lose sight of the fact that in a lot of years, City would still be on a title-winning pace if they were faced up against opposition that is of the caliber that it has been in the past. Liverpool
0: are having City's year last yeah, year just are. without the, the, the points they, they lost
1: to City. That's their only loss. Yeah, they've beaten every, they've beaten or at least drawn everyone else. Liverpool are playing at a historic pace, just like City were last year. And frankly, I think it speaks to just the, even despite all these underlying structural issues that we're talking about right now, it just speaks to some of the top level quality in City's team. That they're still sitting, that you know, that before yesterday they were still sitting within four points of that team having a historic season. So, you know, my, my point would be, and again, you are free to sit here and be like, well, this is just wishful thinking on your part. This is, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, if, if, if a defeat at Anfield for Liverpool in that game pierces their armor a bit and ensures that they just have a normal good season instead of this then you at minimum have a title race, I think.
0: I I still don't know that you have a title race. I, I um, might be
1: wrong. I don't know. I oh, I'm just saying
0: I don't this, know. This is how, I, I guess this I, is how I cope with things. Fair <laughs> enough. Fair enough. I, and I'm not saying here that you're wrong. I'm saying I don't know. I don't know if you have a title race. Oh, I know. You have you have two you well you have a bunch of different variables, but breaking it down to city and Liverpool, you have two variables. City have to control what they can control but the problem for them is that Liverpool are also in control of what they can control so city can do as well as they would like the problem is is that Liverpool are simply doing better um and and, and it has to work out that way um but uh i i feel in in it's probably fair on your end uh, to to say what you're saying. It's probably close. Uh, and I, you know, I said something yesterday when I called this team average. I need I need to, to to correct what what I or specify what I meant by that. This is an average team for Pep. Um, it, it's it's a good team in in the sense of the overall pers the macro perspective. But for PEP and PEP standards, and PEP standards are the new standard. I mean it look, City don't suck. That's not what I'm saying. Like they're having a, d they're shipping goals uh, at the first sight. Um you know there's defensive frailties, they're not converting chances, uh they score too early uh sometimes and don't uh and then sit back on that lead and don't try and add to it. Um, at times they get complacent. Uh, there can be just a lot of kick, 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 just, just Tiki Taka for, for, for lack of a good name. Pep hates Tiki Taka. Like he's called it shit, you know, like, I mean, he, he absolutely hates it. And when he sees a team just kicking the ball around, I'm sure he's looking at this going, dude, this is Tiki Taka garbage. What are we doing? Press do something. you know, make some noise. Um, it's they're not doing that, and and you have to understand they did so much last year. Some of these athletes just may be tired.
1: That's why I brought up the World Cup, because a lot of them had pretty lengthy World Cup campaigns on top of that. Not having a full summer off can, you know, especially with the physical demands. And and yeah, um, it's it's the press that bothers me the most. It just doesn't feel like they're pressing as nearly as effectively this season, and or and they're not. You know, trying to remember, there are moments when they win the ball back high up the pitch, but it just doesn't feel like it happens as often this season as it did last season. Um, so you you put yourself in the situation where like, and if you look. The thing is, if you look at them in a bubble, it's not awful. Like, they're joint second among goals conceded. They've conceded 19-24. and It's just a lot of them have come recently. They still have scored the most goals in the competition. Um, Liverpool have significantly surpassed them defensively. Significantly. They're just a lot more solid defensively this season. Um, A lot more solid in general and a lot more solid when compared to City. They've only conceded 13 goals in 23. Now they're on their 24th match today, and they haven't conceded today. So they're at the moment, as we speak, on thir- uh, 13 conceded in 24, which is ridiculous. By the way, that's yeah. really, really, really good. Um, so, I, City are. I honestly think that this is this. This is the problem with, with what happened to them in December when they lost two games in a row to, frankly, teams that they should be beating in, in, in Crystal Palace at home, especially, unless you're away. If you, if you lose games like that, you leave yourself no margin for error. And when you leave yourself no margin for error... It's really hard to be perfect all the time for such an extended period of time. And that's the position they put themselves in. And if the other team is going to keep up their high standards, which Liverpool have, they have not lost in the league since that City game. If the the other team like that is going to keep their standards up, you have to match those standards. And on the evidence... City just have not been able to match those standards as consistently as Liverpool can. And, no. and, and that's a frustrating thing. And it's, it's so frustrating to watch because in their last three losses, they've lost to Palace, they lost at Leicester, they lost at Newcastle. All three games they should be winning. All three games they went ahead 1-0. All three games they blew it. And if you take those games, all three of them, and put City up 1-0, and they see it out maybe at a second... But they, you know, keep a clean sheet. That that shouldn't be too much to ask there. But you can add on those games, that's nine points. And you can assume that Liverpool win today and are on 63. Add those nine points to City's tally, they're on 65 and they're first. And that's that. And, And that's the frustrating thing, is that these games that they're losing... Are winnable. It's not like they're going away to top opposition and getting killed. They lost to Chelsea. That's essentially the only big game they've lost this season. They got a point. They've taken four out of six points against Liverpool. They won at Arsenal. They won at Tottenham. And um, they beat Man United at home. They haven't had to go there yet. But they, they have not struggled. I wouldn't say they've struggled against the top four or the top six. They haven't done that. They've struggled literally against the bottom half of the table in a really weird subset of games. And that's why they are where they are. It's not, it's, it's not down to the fact that they're getting overpowered by teams of similar stature. It's down to the fact that they're losing to teams that they should not be losing to. And that's, what's going to make the difference in title race is that Liverpool have gone out and they have beaten the crap out of every team that's, languishing in the lower half of the table. And City haven't City can't claim to have done that. They've lost to the 14th and the 16th place teams in the table, both of whom frankly are still relegation threatened at this point. And one of them at home, and you just you can't you can't do that, that Crystal Palace game, even if they just win that game. They're still within four points. Yeah. Oh my goodness, Chelsea. Hello. <laughs> it's just that's 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 all there is to it. You can't lose games like that. You can't afford to drop. You know. You you don't get that many mulligans. At this level, you just don't. <laughs> and I don't really know what else to add. <laughs> yeah.
0: No, that's fair. I I, I think that's fair. Look the simple fact of the matter is is that there's simply no way to know um, there's simply no way to know who oh, wow Chelsea I, I just caught up to you it <laughs> um,
1: really is it's no going to way- be really funny if despite all of their problems Unai Emery manages to get Arsenal back in the top four.
0: <laughs> Oh my god dude you remember like he fired Antonio Conte for this too
1: I, in the, uh, the, 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 sorry mythos is, is, is the shine has come off, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> There's, there, he, this, you know, I mean, maybe he needs a second season to, to like Pep like Pep did to figure out how to negotiate this league. But for the moment,
0: boy. Yeah, this is, that's not good. Wow. All right. Um. No, yeah, what I was going to say is the simple fact of the matter is we could argue it both ways and we would both be right because we're playing what-ifs and any time... Yeah, that's, that's, that's,
1: no that's my way. You can't debate a what-if scenario to to success on either side, so I'm not, yeah. not going to ask you to.
0: But, um, yeah, I mean, it's just... There's strong arguments either way. There there really is. Because, you know, you look at that Liverpool game and you look specifically at that and it's like, okay, who cares about those two points? But then if you take the Crystal Palace or even the Newcastle game, it's like, well, now you're within one. If you beat those teams, and as you said, you should beat them, there's no flippin' reason you should ever lose. Okay, first of all, there's no reason you should lose to those teams, but understanding that it does, there's no reason you should have that many losses to that many of those types of teams. That needs to be stated emphatically. City are too good to have multiple losses. to team yeah.
1: like I was. I was even kind of going to say it's like okay, you know what? There are going to be moments, although it didn't happen last year. But you know, some teams lose a stupid game away. It's like you said. Uh, it, it's that's why I said you don't get that many mulligans. Sometimes you get one. Maybe you'll get one. You know, and you lose a stupid game, and and and, and okay. It happens, I suppose, sometimes, even to the best teams. You get a mulligan. You don't get three. That's for damn sure. And you especially don't get them at home. You sh- Manchester City should never, ever, 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 ever lose to anyone at home outside the top six. Yeah, they should. Ever. 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 Agreed. I'm comfortable saying that. If they do, it's a choke job. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, they, they shouldn't really be losing to anyone, but it's more forgivable if Liverpool or, you know, a, a top team comes in there and really battles them and, and, and be if, okay. You know, that's talent against talent. And sometimes holy, that's what happens.
0: But, holy uh, crap, dude. I, I just want to point out there that if that, if that guy takes a better touch, it's three nil Bormitt oh, yeah, right uh, <laughs>
1: now. You're just getting completely taken apart on the counter, basically, is what's happening right now. Yeah. <laughs> But but yeah, it's like you, you don't, you cannot, ever lose to to a team like Crystal Palace at home. Sometimes weird things happen away from home in the Premier League. I know that, I accept that, but they can't be happening at home. And that that Crystal Palace loss at the end of the season, I sure hope it ends up being the one that pisses me off the most because there's no excuse for it, none, not in million years.
0: No, I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. I mean, so that that's really what it comes down to. If you if you if you say who cares about those two points, but you still come back and objectively look at what should have happened in those games against lesser teams, you you still have would have City uh keeping pace with Liverpool. So I I don't know, man. I, I don't know. That, what if that what we, if what if what what we do know is that this likely isn't our year for the Premier League, but there are That's sp- a
1: question that I want to ask you, because I think I know where you're going. And my question is at this point assessing things as they are do you punt around champions league games and just throw everything at the champions league this season
0: yeah yeah yep um, met, i don't don't, I, punt, don't punt so much that you run the risk of not finishing top 4 <laughs> but yeah so, literally do that literally, with
1: it. guy literally literally guy as as we are we're, we're having Hold on here. I have to confirm something. Um, was that a mistake? Hold on. L- literally, as we're... As we're uh...
0: While you're confirming that, I was yeah, thinking... please keep talking, please. <laughs> uh, wait, Flip, what were we talking about previously, before?
1: We were talking about whether they should punt. Okay, yeah. Uh... Okay, Uh, I I missed this completely, but Leicester City have not only managed to level at Anfield, but they have apparently missed multiple chances to go
0: ahead. Of course they have. Of
1: course they have.
0: If they lose
1: this, I'm going to be more pissed, because it could have been won.
0: I'm going to be in... Oh, my... Oh. Okay, okay. I
1: need to not look at this until the podcast is... I need to not look at this until the podcast is over.
0: Because Don't you I will that. just
1: straight up lose my crap?
0: Okay, yeah. just watch Bournemouth and Chelsea. You hit, just, I feel, I feel like the guy, you know, just rubbing rubbing your temples here. Watch Bournemouth and please, Chelsea. Please talk more about the the seven point gap in the Champions League that they should be focusing on. Full. I, I, I was going to say that I say yes that they should do that, but I also embrace that the saying that knowing this. With this team, with their potential fitness levels, with the way that they're producing this year, I I fully believe this to be the case and accept it if City choose to do this. If they do punt and go for the Champions League, I am going to be very, very curious if they will fall out of the top four. Not because they're bad, not because this, that, or the other. I just wonder... If you do that, and then you drop some games along the way, and you don't win the Champions League, what are those levels going to be at? Come, like, let's say they go out in the round of 16 instead of the quarterfinals or something, <laughs> um, and then yeah, they they dropped another game or two along the way going for Champions League. Now all of a sudden you're like, crap, we got to claw back in. <laughs> I say that knowing full good and well that that could happen. It is a likely and possible result with the way they've been playing. But yes, if you're going to tell me, as you said, that being the best club in Europe is your aim, well, look, you really have no real reason not to go for it now. Especially, especially if Liverpool wind up winning their game today. If they pull this out against Leicester and Leicester don't win, or don't finish with a draw, especially.
1: The thing is, there are so many points being dropped below City. Like Tottenham right now are losing at home to Watford. Chelsea right now are losing to Bournemouth. Arsenal played yesterday, and they actually had to really fight to find their way through Cardiff. It just... You know, Man United have been the hottest team lately, and they still—it still it still hasn't gotten them into the top four. They're still... Uh, well, they're probably going to end up being two points off today, unless Chelsea stage a comeback here. But um, the the fa- there's just there's a lot of points being dropped below them. A lot of points being dropped below them.
0: It seems like that's why I say it is it is a possible, maybe even likely outcome, depending on if there's a key injury to City. Like if Fernandinho gets injured, I would not be shocked at all if City fell out of the top four. Like I just. I don't think they have the personnel to make up for that short of like playing one striker up top and playing like a five man midfield or something, you know, <laughs> like a four five one. And I just don't think Pep's going to do that. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I it, it, it'll be curious. I, 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 I don't I'm not saying it will happen, but anytime you prioritize one thing over another, you do run that risk. So, yeah.
1: This was... is the thing is that City are also doing really well in the Cups. They're on they in the league cup final. They have played their way into I believe we're on the fifth round of the FA Cup where they've been put given a pretty forgiving draw that could set them up for um the sixth round, or if they win in the sixth round and they go to Wembley for a semifinal. It's 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 a weird season. It's a weird season in that in a lot of seasons they'd be doing really well, but there's just that one team and they have also done enough in certain games where it's just not really well. Like, we're having this discussion, weirdly enough, about, oh, here's what's wrong and here's what's wrong. After a string of games where, you know, admittedly a a fair amount of it was against lower league opposition, but they outscored them something like 33 to nothing. It's just, it's bizarre. It's like, you know, Burnley must be wondering, like, what the hell, man? Like, we went there on the weekend and they just completely went right through us. And then you wa then you watch them go to go to Newcastle and play like that. It's just what on earth you know they must be so confused And it's not like Burnley you know Burnley who got beat five 0 at the weekend immediately went to United and should have won it's just it's a it's a really bizarre in- a lot of inconsistency to it, but you know whatever that's 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 where we're at.
0: Yeah, basically, I mean, it is what it is, and it, 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 we're just going to have to see what happens. I mean, there's really, there's really oh nothing... Oh, my goodness. Up. Wow. 3-0. Oh, jeez, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, you know, dude, Anytime I, if I needed to feel like, you're right, this only makes me more angry about the loss. Like, how do you leave somebody that... Chelsea
1: boy, what are you... How did we lose to Chelsea? <laughs> they were
0: they were inspired. It, they were really ha- good that day, I swear to God. <laughs> I, I think it just is one of those things where you get a new coach, you're playing more inspired, the new coach is trying to do different things. Um and so all Pep can really do is just go off his uh Golly, man, that is just watching King is just having himself a game. Like, ooh boy. But yeah, no, I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know, dude. It, it, uh, they they had to have played inspired. Pep had to think that uh, Guardiola or uh, that, uh, excuse me, sorry was going to do something very similar to what he did at Chelsea or at uh, Napoli, and Pep just guessed wrong and sorry guessed right that day. Like that's what I'm going to chalk that down to. Yeah, that
1: was one of the. Uh, from from Twitter, Liverpool just had a Stonewall penalty denied. Maybe it's all turning around. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, it's just the league is just so inconsistent. Like not just City. There's uh, Liverpool might just win the league just by virtue of being just irrepressively consistent. Yeah, consistently good, but just like utterly and thoroughly and completely consistent. And there's something to be said. You know, City were the most consistent team last season. Chelsea were the most consistent team the year before that. It's just whoever, it's it's a, it's not even necessarily about who has the highest peaks, but who can avoid the lowest valleys. This is that's kind true. of the key to winning the Premier League.
0: This is like the 2007 national title race in college football. Like, yep. which team wants to lose it more? I don't know. But well, I mean one thing um, we yeah. know is that we've got some games upcoming, chances to make back some points Champions League um, yeah, Liverpool. Have schedule, to
1: yeah, and uh, that that next game, the city's actual next game on the schedule um, to wit that top four thing that you're talking about and they host Arsenal on the weekend um, at home so that benefits them. It's it's hard to imagine, and I know that this is probably foolish to say, but it's hard to imagine this team not coming up with some sort of response after that disaster class yesterday. Um, uh, after that, Everton away on three days rest is not optimal, but Everton are also not really playing well right now. And then after that, it's Chelsea. And frankly, if City beat, if City find a way to win all three of those games, and I think a good ne- amount of those top four concerns are laid somewhat because after that year into the Champions League against Schalke, um, there's League Cup final. So there's a lot coming up. There is a lot coming up that will allow them, maybe if not necessarily to get the Premier League title race back on track, that will allow them to go some way toward consolidating that top four spot and kickstarting progress in the Champions League. And that's really... You just kind of have to set your own targets at this point, And that's probably the target they should be setting for themselves right now. And whatever happens with Liverpool happens with Liverpool. You control what you can control. And that's really all you can do.
0: Pretty much, dude. Pretty much.
1: And that's... I, <laughs> I don't really have much to add to that.
0: Yeah, that's the way the cookie crumbles. That's,
1: and that's the world as we see it.
0: So, yeah,
1: pretty much. So... Um, I don't think we solicited questions this week. That's all right.
0: Yeah, I forgot um, to do that. That's uh, my bad.
1: We're, we're the worst. You can you can eh, tweet us, tweet us both at America Citizens and are on our individual accounts and tell us how bad we are. Um. So, at America Citizens, like I just said, um, you can search for us on iTunes. You will find us there. Um, the American Citizens Podcast. We are brought to you by Blog Talk Radio slash Spreaker. And the once, well, uh, there's a lot of big games coming up, so we will be responding to them in turn, and, and 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 going through. Oh my God, Chelsea! How did you not score that? Um, and and we will we will sort out this. Rather big set of games coming up for Man City here. The debacle. And, and we will we will figure out. Well, I think I think in the end we'll know a lot more about where this team stands in the grand scheme of things in about a month or so.
0: Yeah, I think we'll we'll have a better idea as to what this team is capable of you doing know, toward the end of the season. Not necessarily the
1: title race. We will know. We'll have a pretty good idea of where the Champions League situation stands. We will have uh we we'll, we'll know where they if they've won the league cup or not pretty soon obviously so lots to look forward to if nothing else you know press onward can't dwell on debt, crap nonsense that i don't yeah so so thanks for listening everybody um, <laughs> for josh i'm gray thanks for listening if you're anywhere near me in the upper midwest please keep warm and we'll talk to you again soon